good morning and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And I am happy that you have joined our program for today. I will remind you before we uh, begin, as we usually do, uh, that we do have a website. You can go to www.marshillcoc.org. Again, marshillcoc.org. And we have a great deal of information about our congregation, about the radio program, and, and a lot of other things. And there's also a way that you can contact us. Our contact information is found at the very bottom of the home page. And you can find our address, our phone number, and also uh, you can contact us by email directly through the website. And we would love to hear from you, uh, whether you have comments, questions, if we can help you in any way, we would be glad to do that. Uh, feel free to contact us. Our lesson for today continues a series that we began a couple of weeks ago. And if you'll remember in the first lesson that uh, whenever we were talking about this, that I really didn't have any direction uh, beyond the first lesson. But we are talking about the storms of life. And we understand that we all often face storms in our lives. Some of those are of a physical nature, such as the storm that we talked about last week from the New Testament. We talked about Jesus being in the boat with his disciples, and a great windstorm came upon them, and the disciples were greatly afraid of this storm, even with Jesus present in the boat with them. He was sleeping. We also talked about a similar kind of storm from the Old Testament. Whenever we talked about Jonah and we talked about it being a storm of his own making. And certainly sometimes the storms that we face are no more than consequences of our actions. In Jonah's case, it was to show him that he was wrong in trying to run away from God. And so we have these storms that we often face. And we look at these from a scriptural standpoint. And we realize the importance of trusting in God. Storms will come. Even to us as Christians, we are not promised a life of ease in any regard. But we will face storms. And when we face those storms, it's very important that we face them with God behind us. Today, we are going to talk about facing our storms like Jesus. Did you know that even Jesus faced storms? Not just the physical storms like we talked about last week, but he also faced what we would call metaphorical storms. 
there were certain storms that he faced in life. And today we're going to begin talking about, first of all, the storm of temptation. Jesus faced that storm, a storm that we often face. And Jesus faced it too. Not just a storm of temptation, but he also faced a storm of sorrow. And we'll look at how he dealt with that storm. And we may not get to the the last one today. And if we don't, that's okay. We'll save it for next week. But also, I also want us to look at how he dealt with the storm of suffering. Jesus suffered in this life in many ways on different occasions. And we're going to look at in particularly his suffering in regard to going to the cross. The storm of temptation, the storm of sorrow, and the storm of suffering. And like I said, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I had no idea where we were going with this series. I began with an old sermon that I had preached some years ago and hadn't really done a lot with it since that time. Um, it began with that, and, and here we have this lesson before us. And I hope that it's a lesson that is going to be helpful to you in some way. Before we begin our lesson for today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the ability, for the time that we have together to study your word together. And we pray that you would bless us in our studies, bless us in our understanding, and help us to grow. Help us to be spiritually strong. Help us to to face the storms that we face in life as we are talking about those today. And help us to set a good example for those around us Help us to lead lost souls to you. We pray that you would continue to bless us throughout our lives. Help us to be a blessing to others. Forgive us for our sins. Help us to to overcome. In the end, to be found faithful. To be rewarded with that home in heaven that you have promised us. And we thank you for your son. We are thankful for his sacrifice and for everything that he means to us. And we also thank you, Father, for the example that he set so that we can learn from it and so that we, too, can overcome as he did. Thank you for Jesus. It is through him that we pray. Amen. I have different passages that I want us to to focus in on in regard to each point of this lesson. We're going to begin in the book of Luke. The book of Luke. The third book in the New Testament. We're going to look beginning at Luke 4. And we'll read through verse 13. Luke 4 verses 1 through 13. And I will be reading from the New King James Version. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, 
being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Verse 9, Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 13. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Let's go back and look at what is going on in Luke chapter 4. We see that Jesus is being tempted. I want you to understand, and I think I have made this point before in previous programs, but I want you to understand that temptation alone is not sin. There are many that believe that because they are being tempted, that that is sinful, that that is somehow wrong in the eyes of God. And that is not the case. It is not true. Because that would mean that Jesus was sinning in being tempted. And we understand that Jesus was without sin. So whenever we look at these temptations, Jesus is not sinning by being tempted. As a matter of fact, he is overcoming his temptations by not giving in, by not sinning. He is overcoming what he is being tempted with. And were these legitimate temptations? Absolutely, I believe wholeheartedly that Jesus was being tempted with 
every ounce of Satan's uh, being, everything that he had, he was really trying to tempt Jesus, and he knew the ways that would tempt Jesus the most. Let's survey these temptations for a moment. Notice what he says in verse 3. If Satan brings into question whether or not Jesus is truly the Son of God, if, if you are the Son of God, and don't you think he knew that? He knew that Jesus was the Son of God, and he was tempting him for that very reason. I, I wonder, just wondering, just thinking out loud, is Satan trying to take a stab at Jesus, take a, a dig at him by saying, if you are the Son of God? Maybe so. Maybe those words are very purposeful, maybe to be hurtful in some way. If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Was he in the middle of this temptation, in the middle of the 40 days that is being mentioned in verse 2? Is this coming at the end of those 40 days, that he is being tempted with all three of these, can't be completely positive here. But in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And it sounds to me, it just sounds to me from the wording that this is after that 40 days. Satan is trying to get Jesus to sin. If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus was hungry. He may have also been thirsty. But the fact that he was hungry is evident. The ability that he had as the Son of God to turn stones to bread, he could have done it. He absolutely could have done it. He could have filled that hunger of his fleshly body, his human body. But Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus answered by faith and scripture. Verse 5, the devil taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Did Satan have that authority, or was he lying? Satan is referred to elsewhere in Scripture as the ruler of the world, as a sort of king of this world that we live in. He has been given 
at least some authority. We think of Job and the authority that God gave him to tempt Job to sin. And he tried. Up to the point of his life being taken, Satan could use anything that he wanted to, at least theoretically, to tempt Job to sin and to renounce his faith in God. And I believe Satan has similar authority over the world even today. The the ability to control certain aspects of our world to tempt us. Did he have authority in regard to trying to tempt Jesus by offering him the kingdoms of the world? If you will worship before me, all will be yours. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Was it a temptation? Absolutely, it was. And for us to think any less of that temptation, we would be missing the point. Was it a temptation for Satan to offer Jesus the kingdoms of the world? Think of the reason that Jesus came into the world in the first place. And think of what soon would come to pass. Jesus, even in the beginning of his ministry, was preparing for the end. He was preparing for the cross. He knew that his life would be taken for our Now you think of the temptation of the kingdoms of the world, the authority of the kingdoms of the world given to Jesus without him going to the cross. People recognizing him as king and ruler without him dying for the sins of the world. Was it a temptation? Absolutely. And in verse 9, then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Notice this, for it is written. We go back, and we notice that Jesus said in verse 4, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. Notice that in verse 10, when it says, For it is written, that Jesus is not speaking here. Who is saying this? Satan. Satan is the one saying, For it is written. And Satan uses scripture. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. Satan used scripture to try to tempt Jesus. And Jesus 
reply in verse 12. It has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Satan will use everything in his power, even to the point of using scripture. Did he use it in a completely wrong way? Maybe not necessarily. It wasn't completely taken out of context or anything of that nature. Yet Jesus says, do not tempt the Lord your God. Satan is very deceiving. And he can lie even to Christians. And in this moment, that's exactly what he's doing to Jesus. He is using scripture to try to tempt Jesus. To try to throw him off his game, so to speak. To try to get him to sin. You know, we often face the storm of temptation. Jesus overcame the temptations with which he was tempted. Jesus did not allow Satan to lead him into not doing the will of the Father. That was his mission. From the beginning of his ministry, even coming into the world as a human being, being born of a virgin, he must be about his Father's business. Remember when he's uh, with the theologians, the great minds, uh, the great religious minds, and they are confounded by, by what he has to say. And Mary and Joseph come looking for him. Business. Did he, uh, did he ever veer away from that? No, certainly he did not. That was his mission, was to do his father's will so in these temptations Jesus is tempted just like we are and yet he was without sin he did not sin against his father I want you to notice that he overcame his temptations. And because Jesus overcame in the flesh, being tempted just like we are, we too, being in the flesh just like Jesus was, can also overcome our temptations. We too can overcome our temptations. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, John writes to us as a way of encouragement. And he offers the encouragement. 1 John 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father 
is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. He who does the will of God abides forever. The lust of the flesh. You go back to the temptations of Jesus in Luke 4. The lust of the flesh. Command this stone to become bread. He was tempted in the flesh. He was hungry. He had, uh, I'm sure he had a desire for food. I don't necessarily want to say a lust necessarily, but a desire for food. And yet he did not sin in being tempted with the lust of the flesh. Look at the second one. The lust of the eyes. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. He showed him something. He showed him the kingdoms of the world. Jesus saw all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And maybe that was even beyond the kingdoms that were in existence. Maybe it went into the past. Maybe it also went into the future and Jesus could see all the kingdoms, all the nations bowing down to him. Don't know exactly what he saw, but I think we have a reasonable idea. He saw these things, the lust of the eyes, seeing those things, would he desire that kind of authority? Sure he did, or Satan wouldn't have used that temptation. Let's look at the third one, the pride of life. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. He shall give his, or he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. He would have been safe, physically speaking. God would have protected him just as it was promised. The pride of life. He could have showed Satan that he was the son of God by Satan's terms and condition. But he didn't. The pride of life. Jesus was tempted by the lust of the flesh, by the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And let me suggest to you that there's not a temptation that we face that is not according to either the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Jesus overcame each and every one of them 
And he showed us that we too can overcome them. What great lessons we can learn. And I'm well out of time, so we'll pick up with the storm of sorrow next week, Lord willing. In John chapter 11, if you want to to go ahead and do a little reading beforehand, John chapter 11 is the text that we will use. And I guess maybe we'll take these one week at a time. Uh, but I thank you for being with me today. I thank you for for enjoying this time with me and studying with me. And I invite you to come back next week, Lord willing, at 11 a.m. right here on TGRN.org. And I look forward to that opportunity. Until we meet again, may God bless you. Amen.